Hello there, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday's session. Well, Wednesday's session in the UK. It's 9pm London time. We are 2020 in it up right now. We're in 2020. And I hope that you have been doing okay over the past couple of days. So let's have a recap because recaps are good. It's it's nice for us to understand the summary of the skills that we have been learning so far so that we can really understand how this is helping us to grow overall. So day one, Monday, we had our radical acceptance. Now, radical acceptance is something that we use when we have a stressful situation. So panic arises, someone breaks up with us, our car breaks down, we uh, have no money to pay for a bill. Radical acceptance means looking at yourself and that painful situation and seeing it how it really is. And that's when you start using your coping strategies. That's when you say to yourself, I can't change what's already happened. I only have control over what I can do right now, which will change the future. So let's take, for example, we've had a breakup. What this means is, look, we, we can't, we can't change it. We can, we, we can get angry, but the anger isn't going to change anything. So Tuesday, we talked about distraction from our self-destructive behaviors. So usually in horrible situations where we feel overwhelmed, emotionally done in for, no matter what it is, that's when we turn to our usual pattern of self-destructive behaviours. That's when we withdraw from our friends and our family. We can engage in um, heavy drinking, drug abuse, um, eating disorders, self-harm, not going to work, not going to school, not doing things that we know is a healthy option for us. And that's what we're going to change today. So today is all about creating our distraction plan. Now, if you have skimmed through the book or the virtual book, you will see that by the end of today's session, we are going to have 10 bullet points, which are 10 things that we're going to have on our distraction plan that we can do to help us calm down. So rather than us go off in this crazy, crazy world of rage, we have 10 things that we can do that we choose ourselves that's going to calm us down because right now we don't know how to be calm. We don't know how to stop those painful thoughts entering our head. So if we have a distraction plan that's healthy, doesn't mean we avoid that terrible situation because we still have to deal with the issue. Let's say, for example, we've broken up with someone and it's really hard for us. In that initial moment, when we get those horrible flashbacks, we could act out in an emotional, impulsive way and we could frantically call our ex-partner up and that would cause more damage, especially if you guys are on a break. So we use our distraction techniques so that instead we can focus on just accepting the situation, momentarily pull ourselves out of that situation so that we can deal with it later. Okay, so this is page, where are we up to? 17 to page 23. So we've already talked about all those really fun, pleasurable activities that we need to be doing daily. So let's have a look at something that we know we have. We're going to set ourselves an activity 
a different strategy so that when things really hit the fan, when we are really, really upset about something, we know what we can do. So another great way to distract ourselves from pain is to put our attention onto something else. And here are many, many examples. So in the book, you can check the ones that you're willing to do, and then you can add some more activities. So I hope that by the end of today and possibly tomorrow, obviously depending on guys who are catching up with the with the sessions, I want us to all to have at least created 10, at least, of our distraction plan. So do something for someone else. This is calling your friends and ask if they need help doing something. Could be a chore, grocery shopping or house cleaning. Ask your parents, grandparents or siblings if you can help them with something. Tell them you are feeling bored and you're looking for something to do. Call up someone you know and offer to take them out to lunch. Go outside and give money to the first needy person you see. If you can plan ahead for moments like these when you're overwhelmed with pain, call your local soup kitchen, homeless shelter or volunteer organisation. Plan to participate in activities that help other people. Join a local political activity group, environmental group or other organisation and get involved helping other people. So the book didn't really go into detail about this, but I think I understand why the lady talks about it. When we do something for someone else, we we all of a sudden go out of our current phase of life and we focus on helping out that other person. And when we give love to people, we feel better. You can be one of those people that gets really depressed and has that social idolation thing where you just literally disappear from the world, sit in your bedroom, sit in your living room and don't see anyone. But to start feeling good about yourself is how you treat other people. So if you want to receive love, you want you have have to be pushing love out there into the atmosphere into the universe so a really simple thing that you can do and I do it a lot of the time is if I'm feeling really really crappy you know if there's an issue with a breakup um I've fallen out with a friend whatever it may be if I'm hurting in that moment I would just head over to reddit and people ask questions all the times in the subreddits the sub forums that I'm in and I'll just answer those questions and I will do it from my heart with the best intention and that distracts me momentarily because I'm focusing on somebody else and it really helps. Next for number two, take your attention off yourself. So when we feel crappy, we become so self-centered, don't we? We are literally selfish for our needs. I can't believe you've not called me back. I can't believe you said this thing to me. I can't believe that we can't rekindle this thing. We are so consumed with ourselves, so we need to distract ourselves. We need to pretend just momentarily we don't exist. We need to put ourselves into the zone, the concentration zone. So go to a local store, shopping centre, a bookstore or a park and just sit and watch other people or walk around among them. Watch what they do, observe how they dress, listen to their conversations, count the number of buttons they're wearing on their shirts, observe as many details about other people people as you can. Count the number of people with blue eyes versus the number of people with brown eyes. When your thinking returns to your own pain, refocus on the details of the people you are watching. 
So a really cool thing that you can do to take your attention off yourself, you can go to a coffee shop. You don't have to sit there and just stare at someone drinking coffee because it could get quite awkward. But what you can do is focus your attention onto the barista because they're not going to be looking at you. They're busy making coffee, cleaning up, feeling stressed, wondering when their break is. So go to a coffee shop and you can just watch people make coffee and observe that person, observe what they look like, observe, you know, the the creases on their shirt, really tap into them. Or you can head over to Twitch and you can watch people gaming and sometimes just becoming absorbed in that zone moment where you're focusing on something else is a great distraction from that pain we feel. When I was having a really bad time with something, I managed to find a website where I could log on and I could watch the Hong Kong, I think it was Hong Kong and Shanghai CCTV of roads and traffic. And I would just sit there for a good couple of hours and just watch the camera of people walking to work in the morning. So that helped me with getting my attention off myself. Three, think of someone you care about. Keep a picture of them in your wallet or in your purse. This could be your husband, your wife, your parent, boyfriend, girlfriend, children, or a friend. Or it could be someone you admire. So in the book, it says Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Jesus, Dalai Lama, Ganesha. It could even be your therapist. If you feel like you don't know anyone physically, it doesn't have to be someone that you have that strong relationship tie with. It could be a movie star, an athlete, or someone you've never met. Then when you're feeling distressed, take out the picture and imagine a healing, peaceful conversation that you would have with that person if you were with them in that moment in time. So what would they say to you that would make you feel better? And imagine them saying those words to you. So what I like to do is... This sounds really bizarre, but it works. If I'm in a really distressing situation and I can't think about what I need to do, I will just imagine that for some reason I am a little girl again. I imagine that I'm probably four, five, maybe six, and I'm holding myself, I'm giving myself a hug, and I'm saying, it's going to be okay. For example, I could say, I know you're hurting right now, but it's going to be okay. I promise you. And you just comfort yourself. So I'm just pretending I'm the older version of me comforting my younger self. And that really works. And obviously add your own ideas there as well. So here's an example of distracting yourself by paying attention to someone else. Lewis got upset by a fight he had with his boyfriend, Roger. Very quickly, Lewis became overwhelmed by sadness as he started to remember all the other fights he and Roger had had in the past. Lewis went to his desk where he kept a picture of his mother. He sat down and started to talk to his mother as if she were there with him. He asked for strength and guidance to handle the situation with Roger. Then he imagined what she would say to him and he started to feel better. Later, when he was able to think more clearly, he returned to what he needed to do that day. And that is a perfect example of distraction. Yes, you're having an argument with someone that you love. And all of a sudden, us BPDers, we think of every bad thing that's happened. We overthink. Then all of a sudden, the situation is a lot worse than it could be and a lot worse than what the other person's feeling. So if we can imagine a conversation with someone that that we appreciate and respect... 
We find it hard to give ourselves gratitude and love. But if we can pretend we're having a conversation with someone else, because let's face it, guys, we're pretty good right now with thinking up crazy conversations, pretending there's these situations in our mind that never happen to soothe ourselves. So why don't you imagine you're having a conversation with someone that you appreciate and respect and that would just really help you in that moment. So let's talk about distracting our thoughts because thoughts are the things which trap us in our own anxiety. Now, the human brain is a wonderful thought producing machine. Now, I am going to be pretty, pretty out there to say that I think BPDs have the most thoughts out of all of the personality disorders and mental health issues. Mm, I'm pretty sure we do. Maybe we're close to schizophrenia. I'm not too sure. You have to let me know what you feel. So it turns out millions of thoughts every day. So many. Most of the time, this makes our lives much easier. But unfortunately, we can't fully control what our brain thinks about. So here's an example. Imagine a picture of your favorite cartoon character, such as Bugs Bunny, Snoopy, Superman, or whoever. whomever. Close your eyes and see the character in vivid details in your mind's eye. Remember exactly what it looks like. Think about the character for about 50 seconds. Got it? Now for the next 30 seconds, do your best not to think about the character. And in fact, the harder you try not to think about it, the more power you give to the image and the more your brain keeps bringing it into your thoughts. It's almost as if the harder you try to forget something, the harder your brain tries to remember it. And this is why forcing yourself to forget about something that happened to you is impossible. It's also why you can't simply force yourself to get rid of emotions that you don't want. So, instead of trying to force yourself to forget a memory or a thought, try to distract your thoughts with other memories or creative images. Here are some examples, and I'm going to read these straight from the book. So let's pretend you're going through a horrible situation right now, and you keep getting this horrible, horrible reenactment in your brain of the last argument you had with someone that you really, really care about. So yeah, we can't force them out of our head, but instead we can swap these memories so we can remember events from your past that were pleasant, fun, or exciting. Try to remember as many details as possible about these happy memories. What did you do? Who were you with? What happened? Now, this is very important because if you want to think, I'm going to use this technique when I need to distract myself from a distressing situation, it's good to almost write down quickly to yourself a memory that you think is really, really loving and positive. It could be a time that you went to a theme park as a child. You'll probably in your head be able to remember the lights and the colours and the sounds and the people around you. So try to imagine everything about that situation. Imagine sexual thoughts that make you excited. You can create sexual fantasies involving you and someone you know or someone you would like to know. Try to think of as many details as possible. So what happens? What is it that's really exciting? Or you can look outside at the natural world around you. Observe the flowers, the trees, the sky and landscape as closely as you can. Observe any animals that are around. Listen to the sounds that they make. Or if you live in a city without much nature around you, either do your best to observe what you can or close your eyes and imagine a scene you've observed in the past. Next, imagine yourself as a hero or a heroine. 
correcting some past or future event in your life, how would you do it and what would people say to you? Imagine yourself getting praise from someone whose opinion matters to you. What did you do? What was it that made them go, oh my gosh, that was amazing? And how would they respond? How would they congratulate you for your amazing skills? And then think about why does this person's opinion matter to you? So with us BPDers, we all have a favourite person, usually one person, maybe it's a couple. So in those moments, think about your favourite person and think, how would they praise me right now? What would they say to me? Why are they proud? And why are they my favourite person? What is it that I trust about them and makes them, you know, the, the cream of the crop when it comes to all the people I know in my life? Imagine your wildest fantasy coming true. What would it be? Who else would be involved? And what would you do afterwards? Next, keep a copy of your favorite prayer or favorite saying with you. So it could be a mantra. It could even be one of those radical acceptance coping strategies that we talked about on Monday. Imagine the words calming and soothing you. Use imagery such as white light coming down from heaven or the universe that soothes you as you read the words. Here's an example of using distracting thoughts. Joel was in a bad relationship that often reminded him of the way he was treated by his mother. She was always criticizing him and telling him he was wrong. When these memories overwhelmed him, Joel never knew what to do. Sometimes he would just scream at his friends or whoever else was around. But after creating a distraction plan, Joel thought of other ideas. The next time he had memories of his mother berating him, he went to his bedroom to lie down. Then he started to imagine himself as a child confronting his mother about her abusive language. He told her all the things he wished he could have said to her many years ago. He told her she was wrong and that she should stop criticising him. Afterwards, he slowly felt better. He had escaped the cycle of letting his painful emotions overwhelming him. Okay, let's pretend that right now, or the next time this would happen, which would make more sense, wouldn't it, is to distract yourself by leaving. So if you are in a distressing situation, or you're in a, I know you're with family and friends and something's triggering you and you just think, I'm not in a good place, I need to leave, then sometimes the best thing that you can do is to really leave those moments. If you're in a very painful situation with someone and you recognize that your emotions are going to overwhelm you and possibly make the situation worse than it already is, then often it's best to just leave. This could be physically, it could be you're in a room with people, or we could say it from even a relationship sense that you know that the best option would be to leave so that you don't keep getting all those emotionally overwhelming um, situations. Remember, if you're already overwhelmed by your emotions, it will be harder for you to think of a healthy resolution to your problem. Maybe it's best to put some distance between you and the situation in order to give yourself some time to be calm and emotions and time to think of what you need to do next. So just walk away if that's the best thing you can do. It will be better than adding fuel to the emotional fire. Here's an example of leaving to distract yourself. Anna was in a large department store shopping for a blouse. She wanted one of the clerks to help her find her size, but the store clerk was busy with other customers. Anna waited as long as she could and kept trying to get the clerk's attention, but nothing worked. 
Anna recognised that she was getting angry very quickly. She was ready to tear the blouse in half. She didn't know what else to do. In the past, she would have stayed in the store and gotten angrier. But this time, she remembered to leave. She walked out of the store, did some shopping elsewhere, and returned to get the blouse later, when the store was less crowded, and when she was feeling more in control of her behaviours. Now, I know this is a tough one to do. When we're stuck in a physical situation, it could be hard for us to leave. It could just be you say, oh, just give me a minute, I'm just going to nip to the toilet. Or you can say, just, you know, I'm just feeling a little bit too overwhelmed right now. I'm just going to nip outside for a cigarette break. Or I'm just wanna, just want to go outside and just think. And if someone makes you feel bad for leaving a situation, then they're not a great person. So distract yourself with tasks and chores. This is something that I do all of the time. Believe it or not, um, when we are stressed, we don't, we have a lot of clutter around us. The last thing we want to do is tidy. And I know that like my apartment gets so, it doesn't get dirty, it just gets messy. I'll leave things everywhere. There'll be random beauty products all over my bed. I'll leave my hair dryer out, shampoo bottles in the bath basin. And uh, that's when I know that I'm going to hit a BPD overload because my brain just doesn't care about keeping tidy. So this is a good thing to help you out. Strangely, many people don't schedule enough time to take care of themselves or their living environments. And as a result, tasks and chores go uncompleted. Here, then, is the next opportunity to do something to take care of yourself and your environment. The next time you're in a situation in which your emotions become too painful, temporarily distract yourself by engaging in one of the following activities. So let's take a look at what the book says. You could wash the dishes. You can make phone calls to people you haven't spoken to recently, but not someone you're angry with. Clean your room or clean your house, or go help a friend with their cleaning or gardening project. Clean out your closet and donate your old clothes. Redecorate a room, or at least the walls, or even paint a picture that you can put up on the walls. Organise your books, CDs, computer desktop, and so forth. Make a plan for getting a job if you don't already have one, or make a plan for finding a better job go get a haircut, go get a manicure or pedicure or both, go get a massage, wash your or someone else's car, mow the lawn, clean the garage, wash the laundry, do your homework, do work that you've brought home from your job, polish your shoes, polish your jewellery, clean the bathtub and then take a bath. That's one that I always do. I've got a massive couple of ticks next to this one in my book. Water your plants or work in the garden, cook dinner for yourself and some friends, pay the bills, or go to a supportive meeting like Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, or Overeaters Anonymous. So here's an example of using tasks and chores to distract yourself. Mike called his girlfriend Michelle to go to a movie. Michelle had already made plans with her friends to do something else, and Mike felt incredibly rejected abandoned, and abandoned. He started yelling at Michelle, who hung up on him. Now, I've been there before. I've got really upset about my ex-boyfriend or my current boyfriend, and I just get angry, and that just doesn't help, does it? This made Mike feel worse. He didn't know what to do. Quickly, he began to feel lightheaded and confused, and his emotions became very angry. 
But this time, instead of calling Michelle back and arguing, he opened his wallet and pulled out the distraction plan he had made, which you'll also create at the end of this chapter. He had written down, get a haircut. So he walked a half mile to his barber. Getting out of his house helped soothe his anger. And when he returned home, he had called down enough to call Michelle back to see if she was busy the next day. That is how happy functional relationships work. When you're a healthy person, yes, you are going to have those horrible feelings from time to time. But it's knowing how to deal with them without without upsetting your partner. So let me just, there was something that came to my mind just then. Nope, it's gone. Never mind, it will come back. If it doesn't, it's not important. Distract yourself by counting. This is great if you are stuck in a public place, for example, at work, on the phone, on hold to someone. Counting is a simple skill that can really keep your mind busy and it helps you focus on something other than the pain that you are feeling. So here's some examples. You can count your breaths. You can sit in a comfortable chair, put one hand on your belly and take slow, long breaths. Imagine breathing into your stomach instead of your lungs. Feel your belly expands like a balloon with each inhalation. Start counting your breaths. When you inevitably start thinking about whatever it is that's causing you pain, return your focus to counting. Next, you can count anything else. If you're too distracted by your emotions, simply count the sounds that you're hearing. This will take your attention outside of yourself. Or try counting the number of cars that are passing by, the number of sensations that you're feeling, or anything else you can put a number on such as the branches of a tree you're looking at, or maybe the pigeons sitting on those branches. Count or subtract in increments of seven. Now, this one is is not ticked in my book because when it comes to maths, mm -mm, this girl does not like it. For example, start with 100 and subtract seven. Now take that answer and subtract seven more and keep going. And this activity will really distract you from your emotions because it requires extra attention and concentration. Now, when it comes to counting your breaths, which is the top one in the book, what I have discovered after doing lots of tons of research about the about how we work when we are in a stressful situation is that when we exhale, our brain is starting to de-stress itself. So every time, oh, my phone's ringing, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm seem to. I never get any notifications throughout the day until people know I'm busy. People sense it and go, "Hmm, Danny's doing something. Let me call her and text her." So I need you to count your breaths and exhale every time you feel stressed. Just a quick, and all of a sudden we feel better. It's something that. You have to get used to doing and it really, really helps. So here's an example of using counting to distract yourself. Dawn became upset when her mother told her to set the table for dinner. She's always telling me what to do, Dawn thought. She could feel angry. She could feel anger and getting worse. So she went to her room and remembered that the last time this happened, counting her breaths had helped soothe her emotions. She sat down and did it again. After 10 minutes, she felt calmer. So she went back to the dining room. And this is a super easy one. If you or let's say you're in an argument or you're texting someone and it's very anxiety driving. So you're waiting for a reply to come back. And 
as you see someone type in, say on Facebook Messenger, those three little dots, you're going to start hyperventilating and anxiety sets in. And in that moment, you think, okay, let me just count 10 breaths. So go inhale and exhale and do that for 10 times. And what you've done is taken yourself out of that painful situation. You've released that floodgate of emotions and then you can focus on yourself and that when that person does text you back, you're not going to be hitting them with a gun full of emotional um, firing. You're literally going to be just very mindful and able to deal with the situation. So let's create our distraction plan. So now identify those distraction skills that you're willing to use the next time you're in a situation that's causing you pain and comfort. So everything that we've read over today, go back in the book, have a look at it and think, hmm, I can do that really easily or that's something that I will remember to do and then write it on the distraction plan, which is on page 23. So these chosen skills will make up your distraction plan. Remember, these are the first steps you will use in your plan to distract, relax and cope. Write your chosen distraction techniques below and when you're done, write them down again on a 3 times 5 inch note card or a sticky note to carry around with you in your wallet or your purse. Then the next time you're in a distressing situation, you can pull out the card to remind yourself of your distraction plan. So I'm going to actually share this with you because I have already done this and I just want to give you some examples and then we can discuss it in the Discord. So for my distraction plan, my number one is to say a mantra. Say it out loud if I can and chant it or if I'm, say, I don't know, stuck at work or I'm on like a train or something, I don't want to be saying things to myself and attract more attention, I would just think in my head, the present is the only moment I have control over. So let's say I've got a text from a friend and we've had an argument. I'm thinking, okay, the present is the only moment I have control over. The present is the only moment I have control over. And that's a mantra I was saying. My number two is pay attention to someone else. So this is where I will watch people, I will observe, I will listen and count details. If I'm in my apartment, I will look out the window and I will just observe strangers as they walk past. Number three, think of some happy thoughts, which would be me in my garden when I was a kid, when I lived back in my hometown and I would I would have this obsession, I would always be playing with frogs. Frogs are like my totem animal. We had like a really swampy garden, so we had frogs everywhere. And I felt really, really happy as a five-year-old just being surrounded by frogs and learning about the anatomy and the biology of a frog and watching it grow up. And when I think about that, that gives me extremely happy thoughts. So that's my number three. Number four is to clean the rooms of my house. And if I feel like I don't want to clean, if I'm too too um, tired or I don't need to clean, I will look at decorating something. So I always have a Pinterest board ready for really quick DIY things. So I like to keep um, random little bits of scrap paper and cardboard so I can make just a quick DIY project. And um, using thread to, to make something like, I think it's called macram. Macaroon. I'm not sure how you say that, but I can make things with string and that makes me feel super, super happy. Number five, I count my breaths. Like I said before, I'm going to count to about 10 and I'm going to focus on that exhale. I can have a really, when you're anxious, you breathe quickly, like in, out, in, out, in, out. But when you try to breathe really quickly inwards and then think, okay, let me breathe outwards slowly. 
the stress disappears. So I do that 10 times. Number six, I will go outside into nature, observe trees, flowers and animals. And we always feel amazing when we're out in nature. Number seven, if I'm really, really angry and I need to just lash out at something, I will throw rolled up socks as hard as I can to a wall inside my house. And after a while, I think I said this on Monday, I feel ridiculous and I catch a glimpse of myself in my mirror and I think, what an idiot, what am I doing? Um, number eight, I will have mindfulness yoga. So I would just put up a quick yoga tutorial on YouTube and I will listen and I would do some yoga. So my favorite is yoga with Adrian. Check her out on YouTube. She has like beginner yoga plans. She has a practice every single day of the year if you download her calendar and it's just super super fun and even if um, I don't want to physically move I have the Headspace app on my phone and if you have Spotify you get free access to that app so go over to the app store put in Headspace you don't have to sign up for the premium account you can do it for free and there's some really short five minute mindfulness exercises where you just put in your headphones or your you know your Apple iPod earpod things if you're like bourgeois and you just listen to this guy talking and he really helps to calm me down number nine I go shopping which isn't always great because you know I don't want to be spending lots of money but sometimes just going to like one of those cheap shops and just buying some washing up liquid that I know I need and I get back home and I'm like yeah I'm excited I've bought something I can't wait to wash the dishes that is a great distraction so I always make sure that on my fridge I have a notepad and a pen with a magnet blue tack to my to my fridge door so when I know when I'm running out of something I always write it there and then I've managed to build this habit the more you do something it becomes second nature that when I get distressed and I'm thinking oh my god I need to go outside I'm really angry I'm thinking right let me just go for a walk oh I know I will go and buy some toilet cleaner that I know I'm running low on and I'll go out and buy it and I walk straight over to the fridge and I think okay this is my do stuff right now so I don't go too, too crazy. So there we go, number nine. And number 10, depending on how um, how I feel, if I have the, the energy to do so, I will make a nice meal or eat something yummy. So then again, I go straight over to Pinterest and I think, okay, what's a really nice millennial looking dessert, which just has loads of goodness and loads of... Um, nutrition inside and I make something or I make a smoothie. So that's my 10. I'm going to go back over these and redo them again. And what I have noticed is in June, when I originally wrote my distraction plan, um, I've noticed that I don't always do these things. So you might write down 10 and then you might try them out when you need to have that um, distraction from a distressing situation and think, you know what, these don't work. So always be ready to change them up if you want to. So I have a screenshot of what I've written down in my book on my phone and I have a separate album for that so I can quickly access it to remind me of what I can do and keep a copy inside my my wallet, inside my purse, a really small card that's folded up. And I also have a copy inside my phone. So my phone has like a flip thing. So I also have another physical copy inside one of the phone sleeves. So I always have three copies on me. I'm always going to be with my phone regardless. But just in case that time my phone batteries died, that's why I have that physical copy on my phone. If you have one of those phone covers where you just like snap it on on the back, you can place a card there with your distraction plan 
So let's head over to the Discord group and let's put together our distraction plan. Let's aim for 10 minimum and then we're going to get ready for tomorrow. So tomorrow is all about soothing ourselves. So there is a quick little graphic that I made. If you head over to... Where did I put it? Do, do, do. Weekly review in the Discord chat. The last graphic from today has a white, uh, sorry, a yellow background and five things on it. So we can understand how this builds together. So today we've talked about a distraction plan. Tomorrow we're going to self-soothe so that we can start to feel a bit more, okay, I'm calm now. And then we can return to the situation without being so like, ah, so I'm going to leave you with that, guys. You are amazing. Head over to the Discord chat. I can't wait to chat with you and share your distraction plan. And I will see you same time tomorrow. All the best to you. Goodbye.